Every play, every musical, begins with some writer putting words on a page. Hello, and welcome to Stagecraft, the Broadway radio podcast that talks to playwrights and musical book writers about the shows they've created. My name is Jan Simpson, and my guest this week is Claire Barron, whose new play, Dance Nation, is running at Playwrights Horizons through July 1st. It's a work that is as bold and at times delightfully profane as my conversation with her was. Hello, Claire Barron. Hi. Thanks so much for uh, talking with us. We usually start these off by giving our listeners uh, a description of what the show is about. So could you tell them what Dance Nation is about? So Dance Nation... On one level, it's about a team of 13-year-old dancers who are competing for a national title. They're like competitive dancers, so jazz, tap, lyrical. Um, and it's sort of like about this one particular girl in, named Zuzu who's like always second best, always second best, and then this time she gets like the solo in the dance. And so on one level, we're sort of like following this character of Zuzu as she has like the special solo Um, on her way to nationals. But the sort of catch of the play is, or the trick of the play is, that these 12 and 13-year-olds are played by women of all ages. Our cast ranges from their 20s to their 60s. And so the play is also a little bit about like how we carry what happens to us when we're 11, 12, 13, throughout the rest of our lives. And a little bit about broader themes of women, ambition, and desire, and how sort of like as women, we navigate the world um, and our ambition. Where did the idea for this play come from? Oh, gosh. I mean, it came from a bunch of different... This is a funny play for me. You know, I, I wrote the first 10 pages of it in 2013, and then I put it in a drawer and didn't look at it for two years. Wow. And then I, like, wrote the first draft of it in 2015, and then I put it in a drawer and didn't look at it for, like, 18 months. <laughs> it sort of has like in some ways it sort of has these old parts of me um, in it and in some ways I feel like a very very different person right now five years in the future than who I was when I first started writing this play but um, on the one hand it, it came out of something you know kind of silly I, I really try hard not to think too hard about what I'm writing my plays about and at the time I was obsessed with the reality show Dance Moms which follows like real 11 12 13 year old competitive dancers and I was just it was the only TV show I watched and I would just like binge watch it and just I couldn't get enough of it and so I started um, I just sort of like randomly chose that world for the world of the play and something in particular in that world um, I was watching these two girls in the show when they first started one was like eight and one was like ten mm-hmm. and they're both sort of like equally good dancers they're both really really talented but the teacher really liked one and really didn't like the other and sort of over the course of the show you saw the way in which the one that she liked was sort of like raised up mm-hmm. and the one that she didn't like sort of got like increasingly insecure So two or three years down the line, the favored one, the favorite, was actually like a much better dancer than the other one. And I found it just like so creepy that this like girl's success was sort of like built on the tears of this other child. Um, And it just made me sort of wonder a little bit about like success in our culture. If like 
become is becoming a successful person always sort of like at the cost of other people like do we always build someone up while like tearing other people down I mean I do think it's something we do a lot in our culture so that was sort of like one angle fascinating I said that's fascinating (laughs) um yeah did you take dance classes as a girl is that something that you did I mean is that why you were sort of clued into the show yeah, I think that is why I, I was. I, so I did ballet from like nine to fifteen. I was terrible. I was <laughs> so untalented. Um, my my sister was a competitive dancer, and she did. She went to the like jazz tap and lyrical studio. And my my mom put me in a different. I'm from a small town in Washington State, and there was like there was like the jazz dance place and then the ballet dance place. And so my mom put me in the ballet just so that I could be away mm-hmm. from my sister and sort of like not be in her shadow. Right. Um, but the dance, there's something like all my best female friendships came out of dance, not out huh. of school. And there was something just like so magical about like, you know, being in the nutcracker and being backstage and like having the costumes and like, being there on Saturdays to rehearse and all there's something very nostalgic about that so when I I think watching the TV show it it brought me back that sort of like nostalgia of like being part of something I think the amazing thing about dance is especially your teachers are always like so intense and so serious you feel like you're part of something like really important and really meaningful and I think that's sort of like a amazing feeling to have when you're like 10 years old Um, and then also the camaraderie of all the girls it felt like a very specific type of friendship that I really loved and really missed. And how then did you settle on the age of 13? Because you did it from 10 to 15 or something. Um, I'm really fascinated by that age, like 12, 13. I feel like yeah. that's the age that I remember starting to feel like a person. That's the age that I remember starting to like think about leaving home. Like, okay, I'm from this small town, but, like, what would happen if I went somewhere far away? That's the Mm. age that I started feeling like I had secrets from my parents. And then in terms of just, like, writing and representation of, like, women in media, I, I sort of feel like I was feeling a little bit exhausted of depictions of, like, teenage girls in like kind of across media in theater and movies and TV shows. And generally they're more like 15, 16, 17, and they all have like eating disorders and they're all like sucking boys' dicks in locker rooms and like getting pregnant. You know what I mean? It's like, it just sort of feels like, geez, like I know that it's hard to be a teenage girl, but like the only stories we have to tell are not like about getting pregnant or hurting ourselves or Mm -hmm. hating ourselves. And so I kind of just wanted to avoid that whole area and just go a little bit younger um, and a a little bit like not in high school. And also in terms of like sexuality, I wanted to go to a point where the character's sexuality still was sort of like all their own. Like Mm -hmm. the girls in the play, they talk about masturbating and they're really interested in like how to masturbate. And it's, it's all about their own bodies what turns them on what they want to do how they want to do it and not about um not about boys basically not about um feeling socially pressured into sexual behavior with men yeah this play is really specific about women's relationships to uh uh, their bodies 
uh, is that another topic in addition to the whole idea of, of success that's interesting to you? Yeah, that's something that I've always been, I'm always very, very interested in. And, and I think it's actually, um, uh, I think it's actually, I'm just like always amazed how uncomfortable people are with women's bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I remember being like a young woman and I'm reading sort of like so-called like great books or whatever. <laughs> And they were all about, like, men having sex and men masturbating or men peeing or, like, all of these, like, relationships to their bodies. I find when you do the exact same behavior but with women's bodies still in 2018, it freaks people out. I think it does. It really does. I'm I'm laughing right now because I was just, I was just, like, chatting with a friend of mine who is another writer, and we were just, like, laughing. There's this site online called ShowScore where, like, people go on and, like, rate your show and sort yes. of, like, leave their comments about it. And all, all we were, so we were looking at our, our, we both have shows right now, and we were looking at them respectively and just, like, laughing about both of our shows about women's bodies, just, like, laughing about what people say, and they get so upset. Like what? Like what? Nudity. What do people say? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I'm also thinking about just the reaction in the audience, which I love. I love how shocked they are when Sophia smears period blood on her face. I love that. But I'm also sort of like, you know, I'm interested in how, like, shocking it is. They're really upset. The people on ShowScore are, like, really upset about the nudity. They're Hmm. really upset about the language and the word pussy. Like, it's they really find it, like, in your face. And um, like asking too much, like taking up, it's really, it's really honestly about like taking up too much space is what it is. Sort of like, why is this so crude? Why is this so, why is there nudity? Why do they use these bad words? One of them, one of my favorite ones was like, because there's this monologue in the, the middle of the play where this um, character named Ashley is she's trying to figure out like she thinks she's so hot and she she's um she thinks she's so smart but she's also sort of like noticing that men are like noticing her and like saying things about her ass and like touching her in certain ways and like she's talking about how she feels this pressure to sort of like negate her intelligence and negate her um beauty and (laughs) the person was like she was talking about how pretty she was and she was talking about how smart she was and she was so angry and I'm just like, what is she angry at? <laughs> I was just sort of like, you're missing the whole point, which is great. Like, I, I actually think it's great, but it's just, inter- it's just interesting to identify, I think, as a writer, the things that, I think it's really helpful and interesting to identify as a writer, the things that make people angry about your work. And I think really we should all hope that there are things in our work that make people angry. Otherwise, we're probably doing something too easy, is my feeling. <laughs> well, but, I've, no- I've noticed no, that over the the last maybe even year or so, there have been a number of plays about teen girls um, sort mm-hmm. of taking power. Uh, you and, and Sarah DeLapp, um, shared the first Relentless Award, which is the award created 
in memory of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman to encourage um, uh, uh, playwrights. And then there was Ruby uh, Ray Spiegler's play Dry Land, which mm-hmm. was also. Mm-hmm. And I'm just interested in why is it, you're, you're all younger uh, uh, female playwrights. Um, what is it right now that's in the air that's got all of you talking about focusing on particularly young teen girls, not even writing about women, you know, your your own ages? Yeah, you know, I so I can't, I, I love both Sarah and Ruby a lot. Um, I can't speak for them for sure, but I can speak for, um, I think for me, there's something about, like, that time in one's life is so so intense mm. and you're so out of control as a young woman I feel like there's something about being a little bit older and being able to go back and like get some of that agency that you didn't have when you were that age mm. back and I, I, I think it's also like a little bit what I was saying before where there's like so much going on at that age you can't actually unpack it all in real time it sort of takes a little bit of like perspective to yeah. um to like even know what was happening to you, you know? And um, it's sort of like you're, especially I'm just thinking of like sexuality, you're beginning to have like sexual experiences and and stuff, but like after, you know, a decade of being a sexual person, you understand those early beginnings in a very different way than you did when you were just so confused by them. So for me, I think there, there there is a little bit of actually like the playwright reclaiming power hmm. by being able to go back to that time in their lives and sort of like make some sense out of it. Was, I mean, I don't know if that's how Sarah and Ruby would feel, but I know that's something for me that I felt. Was the conceit of having the girls played by women of different ages always there or was it something you evolved into because it's a fascinating approach it was always there it was Mm -hmm. always there and um it came out of a few different places you know i i'm also an actor Mm -hmm. and at the time that i was writing this play the only parts i was ever offered were like 15 year olds so i was like feeling like really (laughs) weird that when you're like in your mid-20s and i'm like a very petite person and so I think that's why people were like oh she's young because she's small and I was like that's such a weird rubric for like youth um, and I do think there's this thing like the, the the normal casting convention is to sort of cast 25 year olds to play 15 13 and I find it a little bit funny just because like 25 year olds do not look like 15 year olds if you spend time around 15 year olds you would never mistake them for a 25 year old so like I we already are suspending disbelief um, when we cast plays like that. So I think I was a little bit like, well, let's just like suspend disbelief even. Let's just like not pretend. Let's not pretend we're doing the actual thing because we're not doing the actual thing. Um, so that was like one level of it. And then, and then partly the play, Dance Nation, it is kind of about how we like carry this this moment in our lives forward throughout our lives and so there's several moments in the play where people either look forward in time or look back in time and they sort of like speak as their actual age you know as a 50 year old they're speaking or they imagine the future and so there's a little bit of time travel in the play and you know we we cast people who we felt 
So I, when I think about 13 year olds, I think about being like a total little like gremlin, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're just kind of like this little like monster. Um, you have this like little monster energy and your body is like halfway between two poles. And like, so we, we like cast people who we felt like had that 13 year old energy in whatever way they might have it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, sometimes we would feel like, no, that person actually feels like a 16-year-old, not a 13-year-old. They're like too old for this play in a way. So it was it was interesting, the age thing, trying to zero in on that very specific, like just on the cusp of teenagerdom feeling. Did you have the, in the auditions, did you have them do any particular kind of, of exercise or something that would give you a sense that they could capture that spirit I think it was just the way they intersected with the text Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like a magic trick a little bit Um, the other thing that's really crazy is we would have people read for different parts and so it was always also really interesting to see who was an Amina who's like the star dancer who was a Zuzu who's like the dancer with she has just like this huge big heart mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she like struggles she has like she psychs herself out she gets really nervous who's ashley who's this who's the one who gets really angry about like men looking at her it was very kind of challenging and fun to see it was it wasn't always what you expected like who fit and what character and why the decision to include one boy Oh, yeah. You know, I I just have such a soft spot for the one boy. I mean, like, I, maybe this is not an experience that everyone has, but, like, in my growing up, there was always, like, one boy who was basically ostracized by the boys. And so then the girls would adopt him and be like, okay, you're, you can hang out with us. Like, you can eat lunch with us. You can be, like, our friend. And then so that's just sort of like the social thing but also like a lot of people especially in small towns if there's not going to be like a separate class for boys dancing so if there is a boy who wants to dance he just gets sort of like shoved into the class and so i love i just have um i love i have a huge affection for boys who want to just be one of the girls if that makes sense Um, he he's a wonderfully surprising character because he doesn't go along the route that I think people w- would assume. Um, I I know you started out as an uh, as an actor. As, you, as what made you make the change to writing? Um, I wanted more power. <laughs> I'm kind of joking, <laughs> but maybe no. I just I. <laughs> I just felt so, uh, you know, I, I wrote plays in college, then I took a little break, I was doing other stuff, then I was really focusing on acting, and it's so hard, like, I have so much respect for actors, it's a really hard life, and I, um, it's a long story and kind of a boring story, but I applied for a program with 10 pages of writing from college and got in that Annie Baker was teaching in Florida and I went to that program and like write a wrote a play and that play started to get me into some playwriting things and as soon as I had a taste of those playwriting opportunities like writers group like this writers group group Youngblood who's for writers under 30 and different things like that club thumb I felt 
I was immediately happier because I do think that this town treats writers better than actors. Hmm. I think that if you're a young writer, there's a lot of opportunities to be in writer's group, to have a reading, to be involved. And I remember feeling like very early on, like I was just a baby new writer. I could get my foot in the door of theaters that I could never get a proper audition for. And so for me, and I, I, it's probably not that way for everyone, but for me, I just found that I was able to get better opportunities as a writer than a, an actor. And that's really kind of what determined what I did in some, in some ways. And I also really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed being able to make my own work as a writer. Like you can make your own work. And even if you fail, like you have the, all the tools you need to like start again as an actor, you're constantly yes. having to get hired. I found it easier to live you know, in, in the pattern of like having to start from scratch and like write a new play than I did the pattern of like auditioning. Well, um, I have yet to see you as an actress, but we are glad that you <laughs> made the switch to be a playwright. Thank you um, for this this play, Dance Nation, and um, and thank you for talking with us about it. That was such a pleasure. Thanks. And thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come back next time and that you'll listen to all the other Broadway Radio podcasts, which you can find on broadwayradio.com.